0: been like, I want to give up right now. That has Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever, ever crossed my mind, ever. Even in moments where I might have been told to give up, I was still like, nah, I can't give up. But there has been a lot of lessons, being able to say that you don't know, being comfortable with what Mm -hmm. you don't know.
1: Welcome to the Bossed Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of burning successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, president and co-founder of Boss Babe and your host for this week's episode. Now, you cannot have missed our special announcement about our partnership with lifestyle and media brand Powerhouse, Al. Now, Al means she in French and for its 75th anniversary, Al is partnering with Boss Babe to celebrate everything female entrepreneurship. Now, we believe women are the future of entrepreneurship and this year, more than ever, we want to discover and reveal the faces that are building tomorrow. Now, our guest for today is actually one of our role models for the partnership, Beatrice Dixon. Now, Beatrice is the founder of Honey Pot Co., which if you are not familiar with, is a natural feminine hygiene product brand. And Beatrice's story is so, so inspiring because through her motivation to help other women combined with an unapologetic ambition, she successfully built a multi-million dollar business which eventually led her to collaborate with Target. But what I love about this is her story is so, so interesting because having suffered from a bacterial infection that she could not get rid of, she was visited by and one of her ancestors in a vivid dream one night. And it was this dream that led to her to create a cure for herself right from her very own kitchen. And it was during this time that Beatrice knew she needed to help other women who were dealing with the same issues. So now without revealing too much here, we'll discuss Beatrice's journey on how she successfully built Honeypot from that dream into the multi-million dollar company is and the adversities that she had to deal with along the way, but how important a positive mindset above all else is. Now, I know you're going to leave this interview feeling so motivated and inspired because I know I did, but I want you to stay tuned right to the very end of this episode as I am going to be sharing with you more about how our partner With Al, it's going to allow female entrepreneurs to enter a nationwide contest in June to pitch their ideas to a panel of inspiring businesswomen. So, without further ado, let's dive right into this episode. And as always, take a screenshot and share your biggest wins on Insta Stories, tagging myself at Danielle Canti, tagging at Boscope.inc, and tagging at Elle Boutique. Welcome to the Boss Bay podcast, Beatrice. It is literally such an honor to have you on here. We have been huge, huge fans, Natty and I, and to have you be part of the collaboration that we're doing with Al and be one of our ambassadors is literally amazing. And we are so, so excited to kind of share your wealth of knowledge with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having
0: me here. I feel really honored to be here. Thank you.
1: Bless you. So, I know now that you have this huge multi-million dollar company, which so many people have heard of, and you have had several awards, but I also know that wasn't always the case. And so, I'd love for us to really start this interview by talking a little bit about your background, like your family, where you're from, just so our listeners can kind of understand a little bit more of your journey. Oh, I love it.
0: That sounds good.
1: So, where were you from initially?
0: So, I was born in Virginia, in Arlington, Virginia, Mm -hmm. in 1982. And I grew up in the DMV area all the way up until I was like 10, I think going on 11. You know, after that, we moved to Arizona because my mother Mm -hmm. had a really bad accident in her back. She went through a lot with her back. And so her doctor told her to move to Phoenix because the seasonality in Phoenix just wasn't like on the East Coast. You know, on the East Coast, you get all Mm, the seasons. Yeah. 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 And so I grew up in Phoenix. And then when I became an adult and was able to like look after myself, I moved back to DC, but then I hated it. And then I moved back to Arizona. And then I moved to Atlanta. Wow. Atlanta kind of made me into an adult.
1: So I love that. So you kind of moved around a little bit, exploring what you liked. And Really, kind of found that that point. you are like, yeah, this is home. I love that. I'm similar. Yeah. I've literally moved from the UK to the US recently, so I'm like, oh, actually, I like this here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm like, oh, I'm done with the seasons. <laughs> I'm liking this. So, I really want to hear more about how you came up with the idea of Honey Pot, because I know that you talk about this coming to you in a dream. Mm-hmm. So, share us that journey with us.
0: Yeah, I mean, between 2011 2012, I had an almost year long bacterial Vaginosis infection, literally nothing worked that I tried. I would go to the doctor. I would take the medicine. I would try like every natural remedy that you can Google that had a forum (laughs) to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just getting no relief. And one night I went to sleep right in the morning, kind of right before I woke up is when I had the dream. But I was just sitting at a round table with my grandmother and she had handed me a piece of paper and it had a list of ingredients on it. And she told me that she had been watching me kind of going through going through the struggles of trying to figure out how to heal myself and that this formula that she was giving me basically that I needed to pay attention and memorize it because when I woke up, because basically she was telling me like, you're in a dream right now. So when you wake up, Whoa.
2: Mm-hmm. you know,
0: you need to write this down. And She told me to wake up and I woke up and I wrote it down.
1: Oh my goodness. Have you experienced things like that before with your dreams? Not that vivid, mm-hmm. not
0: that clear, and that vivid and that accurate. Mm-hmm. That was a first.
1: And so you woke up, you're like scribbling it down frantically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to remember it as it came. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was just trying to like get it out of my brain quickly. And the cool thing is that I, at that time I used to keep a like a book by my bed so I could record my dreams because I am a dreamer, you know.
1: Mm. But yeah
0: it was crazy. It was a beautiful experience, but you know, I can't remember it like it was yesterday.
1: And so I feel like you utilize like, there's one thing like hearing how to like heal yourself and having that recipe and going, right. You wrote that down and you tried it and it worked, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This wasn't something that, you know, didn't work. It was like, okay, this really, really helped and this cured you. But that is a big transition from going, okay, now, like, I've healed myself, now I'm going to turn this into a business called Honeypot. So what did that transition look like? Had you been an entrepreneur before? Like, what were you doing work-wise at the time?
0: I had been an entrepreneur before, but not like this. You know, like, mm-hmm. I had a cleaning business. I had an organizing business. I worked for Whole Foods, so that was my full-time job. And then I would supplement mm-hmm. my income with cleaning and, and organizing And I was an artist model, too, you know, where I would just, like, go to art classes and be a stand-in for, like, people making sculptures or painting pictures. (laughs) So I was just, like, an overall hustler just doing what I had to do because I had to live. I had to meet my basic needs. So, yeah. But it was immediate. You know, like, I tried it. It worked. And I was like, oh, shit. I should probably, like, make this into a business because there's so many people that could benefit from this because I knew so many women, you know, that were going through the same thing that I was going through. Mm -hmm. And when you went on Google and you did all these, looked at all these forums and when you search reoccurring yeast infection or reoccurring bacterial vaginosis or reoccurring UTIs, you know, the search, what you're going to get from that search is astronomical. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I knew that there was a huge need and I right away, literally like the moment that it worked, I was like, oh yeah, I got to, this is what I have to do now.
1: I got to do this. I love this. But what were your next steps? Because I know that some of our our listeners are kind of going, okay, well, maybe I have this idea, but you know, the fact that you've never had a product-based business before, Mm -hmm. like how did you like decide, okay, these are the next steps that I need to do?
0: First, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just working for me, right? Mm -hmm. So first, for almost a year and a half to two years, I basically tested it. But not like Mm -hmm. with a proper clinical trial. I kind of created my own clinical trial because I knew that I had to perfect the recipe. Because obviously, when you're trying to make a formula, you have to get your measurements right. It's like if you're cooking, Mm -hmm. it's very similar to that. Yeah,
1: get the recipe.
0: Yeah. And even in cooking, when you're mass producing something, right? It can't have too much salt Mm -hmm. unless it's spicy. It can't have too much spice, right? You have to really meet. A general market consumer somewhere. And Mm -hmm. so I was just perfecting it. And I I wanted to make sure because I also the nature of where it's going, right, it's going on somebody's vulva. And anything that you put on your skin is going inside your body. So I knew that I had that responsibility hanging over my head. And so so we tested it for a couple years, basically any woman that I could give it to. So I didn't charge anybody for it until Mm -hmm. maybe like, 2013 is when people, I think maybe even in 2012, actually, some people started to buy, but it was just like through an email, right? And I, I didn't even know at the time to like go to the post office. So I would be like, come to my house and pick it up, or I'll come drop it off to you. Or you know what I mean? So I, I mean, we yeah. were we were just figuring it out as it came. But then once I realized that most of those women were, were seeing Similar results to what I was seeing because at the time that was the focus, right? I mean, it morphed into this isn't a product specifically for women who have reoccurring anything, right? This is a product Mm -hmm. that is just as synonymous as clean skincare that you use on your face or whatever you use on your body or how, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It
0: became more of a proactive thing than a reactive thing. In the beginning, it felt like we were being reactive to women that had bv not that we could cure diagnose or treat it per se right because of the fda and it's a natural product but in the beginning that's what it felt geared to because that's all that i knew
1: yeah and you were really listening to the consumer as well right which is what a lot of these big companies weren't doing or still aren't doing and that's how you've been able to kind of like really fill that niche and i think that's what's really important like to point out that you're like listening, like you were that woman, you were your ideal client, you were your avatar. You're like, hey, right. I know what I need. Right. And actually so many women out there needed exactly the same thing. And really that's how we
0: built our whole entire
1: line like we just pay attention. Yeah, exactly. And you launched in 2014, right? So you done like, maybe like what, two years of like playing with the formula, getting feedback from friends and family, maybe selling a little bit on the side, but you officially launched in 2014. And what was that like? How did that go? Were you like, oh my goodness, there's a complete hit straight away? Or was it more it was. a little bit more wet than that?
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was a hit straight away, but a hit didn't mean that we were just making a lot of money.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. technically we had already started moving the company along, right? And then
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had people that were consistently ordering through email. And then an opportunity came for us to go to the Bronner Brother hair show, which is a hair show that's in Atlanta like twice a year. It's one of the largest black hair shows out there. So that opportunity came. My brother who's my co-founder helped us source the money to to figure out how we were gonna pay because you know there's like 50,000 women and just humans walking around. and It might be more than that at that convention for three days, right? So I felt like that was the best place to launch it because there was mostly women there. We put together the money. We bought all the bottles and caps and labels and everything. And we sold 600 bottles in a weekend. So that's why wow. it was such a hit because that was yeah. going to tell us. If you're not able to sell through all of your inventory when there's tens of thousands of people walking around, That would have been an indicator for me. Right. So I said, if this doesn't work, then, you know, obviously we need to figure something else out or or maybe we should forego it. But it ended up working and we sold 600 bottles in a weekend. And then from there, we launched online and then we got into Whole Foods. It was only in a couple stores, but still, it didn't matter. We, were, mm-hmm. we could say we were in Whole Foods.
1: I think this is really just amazing to kind of point out because I think a lot of people see, oh, overnight success, etc. But when you really break down of testing the formula, taking it first to market, like you say, going to this event and going, hey, does this really sell? And then mm-hmm. it kind of, it grows, but it also with it, your confidence grows as well, right? You're like, oh, I actually really this product isn't really needed. And I know you know it, but sometimes there's like that whole piece around like you kind of start gaining that momentum. You're able to kind of go with more confidence. Like you say, just got into a few whole food stores, but then that led to you getting into other stores, right?
0: Right. Yes, that did. That did. And us launching online and being able to grow online business pretty well. I mean, we weren't making millions of dollars, but the fact that we were able to get it into six figures like two years in, it was powerful because we were just doing that on our own. Everything we made, we put back in. You know, mm-hmm. but it's important to understand what success means in business, right? And overnight 100%. success in business is like a 10-year business. That's how long it can take. Yeah. yeah. Because most businesses die within 24 months right?
1: They do. It's something like 90% or 70, 90% is varying statistics, but it's a huge amount. And I think like you do need that tenacity to keep on going. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You do.
1: So let's talk about that. What have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from starting your own business? Some of the things that you've been like, oh my goodness, I am so close to giving up right now, but I powered through and I learned this from it. Like just share some of those experiences with us.
0: I've never been like, I want to give up right now.
1: That has mm-hmm.
0: never, ever, ever, ever crossed my mind. Ever. Even in moments where I might have been told to give up, I was still like, nah, I can't give up. I got to keep going <laughs> So that's just not who I am. But there has been a lot of lessons. Being able to say that you don't know, being comfortable with what you mm. don't know. Raising money has been challenging.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. Because you raised over a million, right?
0: We've raised more than that now mm-hmm. but when you look at what we've raised and compare it to what our competitors raised we've definitely ran a lean organization we've run our business we really bootstrap our business even after funding because the amount of funding that we've gotten hasn't been outrageous and we've really had to be lean to make sure that we can stretch that as far as it can go
1: yeah was that a conscious decision because i feel like you know, particularly coming from like the UK to California, Mm -hmm. I've been in California. There's definitely a lot of people who raise a hell of a lot of money. And it's always like this kind of like badge of honor, like, oh yeah, I raised this much money. So, like, what was your kind of thought process around like choosing how much to raise and not kind of going like saying, okay, we want to run lean versus actually we just want to raise as much as we can um, and see where it gets us. Because I think this is a conversation that's not really had that much. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, the days of raising We work and Airbnb money, unless you're like Airbnb, right? Um, you know, those days of getting those tech multiples, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that those days are gone at least for a little while. Mm-hmm. In the moment, it wasn't conscious. In the moment, in those moments, I wanted to raise more money, right? But in this moment, I am grateful. That we've only raised what we've raised. Like, I'm grateful that we were lean. I'm grateful that we were efficient. I'm grateful that we only raised kind of for what we needed.
1: Mm -hmm. Because you have a successful business model then too, right? I think like when sometimes you raise so much, you're just not really worried where you're spending it versus when you're forced, you're made to look at the decisions on where you spend it.
0: You have to build a real business, right? Mm. Yeah, You have to build a real (laughs) business. That doesn't mean that things are profitable, That doesn't necessarily mean that, but what it does mean is that we have to build our business on being a real business and being lean and being efficient and spending where we know it works and having to work with our vendors, you know, like our consultants or firms that we've used, whether it's design agencies or marketing agencies working with those agencies efficiently, because in this world, it's ridiculous how much these creative agencies cost. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous how much it costs to make a really great website. So having to like, I don't want to say Rob Peter to pay Paul. (laughs) But you know, but there's (laughs) definitely vibes of that shit. Yeah. Having to make sure that and it's not easy to do. No, it's not easy to do because you want to have the best creative possible. You want to have a robust marketing strategy. But when you're bootstrapping and when you haven't raised, you know, tens of millions of dollars, right, it can be very hard. But we've managed.
2: Yeah. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches, no matter where you are. Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Let's take a quick pause to talk about my new favorite all-in-one platform, Kajabi you know i've been singing their praises lately because they have helped our business run so much smoother and with way less complexity which i love not to mention our team couldn't be happier because now everything is in one place so it makes collecting data creating pages collecting payment all the things so much simpler one of our mottos at boss babe is simplify to amplify and kajabi has really helped us do that this year so of course i needed to share it here with you It's the perfect time of year to do a bit of spring cleaning in your business, you know, get rid of the complexity and instead really focus on getting organized and making things as smooth as possible. I definitely recommend Kajabi to all of my clients and students. So if you're listening and haven't checked out Kajabi yet, now is the perfect time to do so because they are offering Boss Babe listeners a 30 day free trial. Go to kajabi.com slash boss babe to claim your 30-day free trial. That's kajabi.com slash boss babe.
1: I really hear you on that because I like say it's kind of like you have to, if you're gonna say yes to something else, you're kind of saying no to something. And then it's always exactly. that conversation, okay, what's gonna help move us forward the most, what's gonna help us take three steps forward or five steps forward or whatever, eight But I also think having to have those conversations also means your learning curve. This is right. what I found personally where your learning curve is like increased and accelerated because you're like, exactly. okay, I have to learn about this or I'm going to yeah. have to, you know, have these conversations that are difficult or I'm going to have to make these choices. But right. ultimately, I think it allows you to know more about your business and more about your client or exactly. your customers, which ultimately leads to more of your success. So speaking of customers, you mentioned earlier that you initially managed to get into Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And I know that kind of and then you also have you in Target as well and you did the most amazing campaign recently so let's talk a little bit about that how did that come about
0: the Target campaign came about Target wanted to produce some content at the time I didn't even realize it was going to be what it was but they had told us about it because we were interviewing with several other brands where they wanted to put one of the brands that was sold in their store that was Black-owned and women-owned because they wanted to make this feature around Black History Month and Women's History Month Mm -hmm. since they go Mm -hmm. right after each other. So literally, they called us in and said that they wanted to interview us. They were interviewing multiple companies. And a few weeks later, they told us that we were chosen. And we went to Minnesota. We taped it over like three or four days. You know, it was a really remarkable experience. I had never experienced that before. And a lot of times with me, I'm normally, I take every interview, right? It doesn't matter where they're from, how many followers they have. You know, I don't give a shit about any of that because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's an opportunity for me to potentially get in front of one person or millions of people that may not have known about our brand. So that's always my state of mind. So I had no idea that this was going to be a commercial. You know, I was just like, oh, it'll, maybe it'll be on social media. This will be cute. And then I get there, and no, the day before I leave, they're asking all these questions. And can you bring your mom? And can you bring your brother? And, and I'm like, what? This seems like more than just like some some IG content, or you know, I'm like, what? What exactly are you going to do with this? And they were basically like, no, this is like a major thing. Like this is really serious, and this is going to be on on tv and you know all this other stuff so it was really beautiful it was really beautiful what target chose as the content mm-hmm. as you can imagine we recorded a lot of content and you know they have to edit all that stuff out and fit it into a 30 second spot it was fantastic i've never experienced anything like that in my life
1: i love that and i also love how you're just like oh yeah i'm gonna do this target thing and then it just yes. blew up great <laughs> <Right. laughs> I also love, though, that, that mantra as well, because sharing your story and sharing the power and, of Honeypot, because I think, like you said, yes, those people will hear about you, but also you actually have such a positive impact on women's lives mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, we have this kind of discussion where actually if we don't share it, like, we're actually doing the women a disservice of followers or right. supporters because we want to help get that message out and allow Absolutely. them to know like what's possible. And I really see that with your company and how you show up and your I feel like you share so much of your story Mm -hmm. that it's so empowering and it's also really nice to hear and it's obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily talk openly about female hygiene but it affects so many women like negatively so to be able to like show up in the way that you do and willing to come and talk very openly about how you discovered your business how you started and like the impact that you have I think it's just so so amazing and I know that loads of women here if they've not already heard of you they're gonna be like okay I need to definitely look into this yeah Um, because again it's just not it's just not something that people are talking about. It's kind of like, oh, in the bottom aisle, or like, you know, it's just in the bathroom cupboards and no one's really talking about it. Whereas actually, yeah. it really does affect so many. And so this obviously, like the target campaign was like such a huge high Mm -hmm. or really, really amazing. But we also have to acknowledge that we do have like our low times. And I know that we spoke Mm -hmm. about earlier and like we've never felt like really giving up or anything like that. I completely relate to that. I'm exactly the same. But I'm really curious, like how do you handle adversity and what do you do to keep motivation? Like, you know, you work with like family members. Like how do you have any like mantras that help you get through? What does that look like when you're like, okay, this is a challenging time? but I'm going to push through it. Being in
0: business is hard, right? It's remarkably hard. In fact, And this type of business, is really, 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 really hard. I learned that early on. And so because I already know that, that really helps me to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I had to do to take care of myself is I really had to get happy And I really had to get to a place where I actually really liked myself and I where I was in a very healthy state of mind. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean like today, the day didn't necessarily go in the direction that I necessarily wanted it to go. But I'm very aware of the fact that I don't really control shit. Right. (laughs) There's very little thing that most humans control. Right. So I just try to remember that it doesn't always work. You know, my remembering that yeah. is not always effective, but I try to get back to there even when I'm in a moment and I'm just allowing myself to feel it. Mm-hmm. But it's and then too. It depends on what it is like right now. We're stressed out because COVID is a thing and it has really, really with our supply chain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on level, And that's not just us. That's everybody. Everybody's mm-hmm. supply chain is affected by this. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And at the same time, like you still have retailers to serve. (laughs) You still have online customers to serve. And like, sure, COVID is still heavily affecting us, but our customers and our retailers, that's not their problem, Mm -hmm. it's ours, right? Yeah. And so Mm. those types of things affect me. Mm. When my freedom is challenged, that affects me. Relate. (laughs) Because I grasp onto any of those moments that I can. Right. Because I am free mm. as a bird. Yeah. But like when the thing that happened with Target and all the negative comments and all that kind of stuff, that shit didn't even affect me. The only reason why it affected me is because it, it really affected me weeks later when our inventory became a thing. But dealing with the adversity that came back, I didn't really care about that because I still have customers to serve. Right, and, yeah, and at the same time, I really had to show up to that situation with a lot of responsibility, and there was no way that I could take any of that shit personal. Mm-hmm. Mostly it was responsibility for myself, but then responsibility because I feel like when you're a person who's in the public eye, you have to be really responsible with that light.
1: yeah, 100 percent I didn't
0: want to say to other humans, if something like this happens to you, fight back <laughs> you know what I mean like mm, yeah there is no fight back for people who are not on the same frequency as you so yeah I guess to answer it's a long answer but to answer your question I try to be responsible when I'm faced with adversity
1: I love that you're sharing so much about that because I do think it's We on the Boss Paper podcast, we love having the conversations that people don't always have. And I think this Mm. is really one of them. And we need to acknowledge that, yes, entrepreneurship is hard. And I would say to fill the highs, you've got to go through the lows. But Mm. how you show up for the lows is what's really important. And I just like using that word, like taking that responsibility and kind of managing your emotions or whatever comes with that. One thing I want to just pull back on, because you said this and it really like struck home with me. You're like, you had to get comfortable like being yourself and like self-love. And I know that Mm. so many women listening to this will be like, oh my goodness, like I'm just, they're so hard on themselves. And how did you do that? I wanted
0: to, first of all.
1: Mm. Yes. Do you know what? That's part of it, right? You've got to want it. Real shit. I wanted to.
0: And my mom, I was in an unhappy time in my life. And my mom Mm -hmm. had been with me and watching me. She was just like, you know, you're going to die one day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you could die tomorrow. And
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: have a great business. You have great friends. You have your mom. You know, you have all these things that make your life so beautiful. Right? And she's like, you're hustling backwards in a way. Like, you're using your time to focus on all the shit that doesn't matter when you got to be focusing on all the shit that does matter. And the things do mm-hmm. that do matter are all the things that make my life beautiful.
1: Mm. And
0: I heard her and I constantly hear her like I I got learned how to die tattooed on my on my fingers, just the letters L H T B. So I want to, I leaned into myself and I started to learn about different gurus Sad guru was one of the first ones and then I learned about him children and then I learned about um Muji, and then I learned about Osho and then I started to listen to them and a lot of what they said it just made complete sense for me because I was there mm-hmm. I had shaved myself and guilted myself enough To the point to where like, I was just like, all of these things are just in my head. That doesn't necessarily mean they're real. Mm. And so I just, I worked at it, man. And I, and I I work at it every day. You know what I mean? Like I get sad. I get angry. My ego, I try to die to my ego, but sometimes that shit just comes back. Right. And then I just have to get to the, (laughs) then I just have to get to the next moment where I can like be like, okay, calm down, breathe. Look at mm-hmm. this. Is this really what you should be spending your time on? You know, sometimes you have to mull over something to get somewhere. But, and so many people like want to start businesses, right? It's really important that you make that your business mm-hmm. Like if you want to start a business, it's beautiful. But it's so important to make it your business to get happy mm-hmm. and to get calm yeah, and to get quiet and to get present as, mm-hmm. right? And to like mm-hmm. eat well and to drink water, and to sit down and have some sort of meditation, even if it's not you sitting down in a quiet place, but just being okay with your present moment. That's a form of meditation, right? Where you when you can get to a place
1: where you're not judging yourself. I love that. It's so true. And it's so important. And just you calling out and you have to make a choice. Like if you, if you want to self love and you want to build your confidence, you have to make that choice and you have to invest time in doing that. It's not something that comes naturally for Mm -hmm. most people. And those people who want to embody that, they work at it and, definitely myself like and Natalie like we both always kind of thinking like I I actually also discuss this have you ever done like the wheel of life where there's like eight or nine prongs and it's like you choose a a term not to 10 on like which area of your life you're in like so friends family Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. career personal development hobbies and you mark them out of 10 and um, my theory is that you can never really reach a 10 in any of them unless you first reach a 10 in personal development because unless you're investing in yourself your relationships are not going to be where they want to be. You're not going to be where you want to be in work. like. And I think it's a knock-on effect. And those changes start with us. And I think when we realize and we take responsibility of that, that's mm-hmm. when the other things start falling in place. Like you you say, even going back to like owning, like, okay, well, I'm not a – whatever happens, I'm never a victim. It's always happening for me and not to me. So how can I show up for this? Exactly.
0: And how do I have the most abundant experience in all of my experiences, even if it's full of mm. lack? You know what I'm saying? Like It's important to pay attention to that. And and it's so important to understand that you're never going to get to the place of truest, purest love. I did a podcast and there was a woman on there and she was saying how she was like the black sheep of her family and she was just unhappy and nobody was ever there for her and everything that she had to do, she did for herself. And she was asking the panelists to recommend something to help her to get to where she needs to get, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying this in a comparison. I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer. But it really f- me because everybody on the call told her about their accomplishments, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And this is just my opinion. And My opinion doesn't mean shit. Accomplishments don't mean a f- thing if you're not happy inside. Right.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. You have
0: to get to a place where you don't, you are so fulfilled within yourself, right? You are so fulfilled within your energy that it wouldn't matter if the world was against you, mm. right? Because you're for you. <laughs> and I, it's so important for humans to understand that shit, right? And mm. also, I think it's really important for you to get small, mm. to have very a very simple life.
1: Yeah. I always say as well that like success isn't objective, so it's not like something like a number's not going to make you feel successful. Like Mm-mm. it's not tangible. It's really subjective. It's like how you I feel know. about what you've achieved. That like, you can be successful and have nothing. And you can have everything in the world and feel like you're still not successful. So it really yeah. is like kind of making peace with that, and that's definitely something I've learned on my journey. And mm-hmm. you know that it's not you can't just keep going after things. It's like that's never going to make you feel happy nor successful. No. And so you have to, like you say, find that inner peace and go. Okay, I'm happy with this and without it, and that's what really matters. Exactly,
0: because if you are able to me. Meet- a person who has all the money in the world who has zero happiness and lives on antidepressants and Yeah. And look, and sometimes those things are necessary. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not gonna downplay yeah. that shit like it's not a thing. Because it is a thing. Mm, yeah. But I also think that it's a thing to really I don't wanna sound insensitive. It's also a thing to just be really responsible for your mental health. As much as you can control. Yeah. And if you can't control it, then you should be responsible and go to the doctor and figure out what, what medication works and what doesn't work. But also making sure that while you're doing that, you're like paying attention to what you're eating. You're paying attention to what your supplements are. You're paying attention to who you yeah. hang around with, to how, how often you're on, you're in social media. Are you doing things that you really don't want to do? Yeah. Are you repressing yourself? <laughs> right is there shit that you really want to do but you feel What's guilt it? and shame for doing it F- that do what you want to do you understand what i'm saying don't repress
1: yeah. that responsibility yes mm-hmm.
0: there's nothing wrong with anything because <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun there's nothing wrong if you've got a disease that was sexually transmitted there's nothing wrong if you're bipolar there's nothing wrong if you're anxious there's nothing wrong with any of those things right There's nothing wrong if you choose to be reckless with your life, if that's what you choose, right? But if you really want a fulfilling life, if you really want to be happy, if you really want to love yourself, even in the midst of having whatever you have going on in your life, right? It's just important for you to own up to that and really make a conscious decision and do whatever it's going to take to get there. And that is the hard part, (laughs) you know? that's the shit that
1: can be lost on people it's hard to do yeah no it is but like I think it's just really important to have these like open truthful conversations because this is a lot of the piece that our mindset around growing a business gets really underestimated and so I think it's really important to be very like we've been very open around what that looks like and the responsibility that it takes and so speaking about businesses and speaking about like you know looking after yourself, looking after your mindset and growing that and leading that on to other amazing things like what's next for Honeypot? Where do you see that going?
0: Right now, we're so focused on our business development and our foundation and how we're looking at our growth and how we're managing our business. Right now, I'm so focused on building a business that can contain itself and sustain itself. Mm You know, for me, that is what is most important, right? Sure, everybody wants yeah. to have profitability. Everybody wants positive EBITDAs. And, every, you know, everybody wants to be able to have the opportunity to raise billions of dollars and do all those things. But I really like to get back to basics. Mm. I like to make sure that, that my basic needs are met, whether that's professionally or personally. And so right now, that's, that's what we're focused on.
1: I love that. That's so important.
0: Yeah, we want to be one of the industry leaders in the feminine hygiene and care space.
1: Well, you're certainly going that way. And I just, I love supporting brands where like the founder's so invested in the product. Mm-hmm. And that's like what really, really stands out for me interviewing you today, Beatrice. Like you really, really care about your customers and you really care about the results. And I think it's just so, so refreshing to have that conversation in the female hygiene department because it isn't mm-hmm. something that kind of goes on that much not you know a lot of these companies are owned by huge conglomerates so like yeah yeah like that brand's been going a long time and it's just there and it does its thing versus like having like this conversation where I like, go, hang on we need to reinvent the wheel because what's right. out there isn't working for women right? Right, right so thank you thank you for doing that service for all of us women out there and I absolutely love this interview and I just want to kind of round things up by you know, right at the very beginning, I introduced you and said that you are being one of our L Ambassadors on the collaboration that we're doing with them, which is so, so exciting. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you a final question. Like, what does Al mean to you?
0: Oh, man.
1: I remember when I was younger,
0: my Aunt Bebe was fantastic and beautiful. And her favorite word was darling. She would make me walk with the books on my head. <laughs> I took etiquette classes. You know, our Busy is gone now. She left a few years ago. But, but she was really kind and sweet to me. And she was very fashionable. And we would collect magazines together. So we would collect Elle and Vogue. And, you know, those were like the synonymous ones, you know. Yeah. Because I used to, I love fashion. At one time, I wanted to go to school for fashion. And I also modeled when I was younger. So it means beauty. It means fashion that's timeless. It represents all that's beautiful about women and body care and skin care and health and fitness and wellness and sex. It's a staple and they've been around for so long. I mean, I remember that, you know, like I'm, I'm I'm 10 years old or nine years old, even walking with books on my head. And some of those, some of those books were magazines and I'm positive. (laughs) that L magazine was one of them at the time you know what I mean like it's really an honor to be able to align with a movement that's aligned with L because it's everything that's beautiful
1: I love that that's so nice and so beautiful to hear as well and listen thank you so much Bridget, for this interview it's been absolutely amazing like I felt there's been so many takeaways not just on the business front, but on that personal development piece as well and just honestly thank you so much so please tell us where our listeners can find out more about you like share your ig handles you know we love an instagram post yeah, so yeah, share yeah. with us where they can find out more
0: you can find us on ig at the honeypot.co. and if you want to find what stores we're in you can go to our store locator and put in your zip code and it'll tell you where we are nearby
1: i love that thank you so much and As always, if you have enjoyed this interview, please share your favorite takeaways with myself and Bea. You can also find my handles at Danielle Canty and tag at bossbabe.inc. Thank you so much, Beatrice. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Now, I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Beatrice because I know I certainly did. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, Boss Babe is combined force with the lifestyle brand L to kick off a high-impact partnership with a meaning. And together we want to continue to pave the way for women to achieve their own versions of success. And as an entrepreneur myself, I know how hard it was to have the resources and the guidance to start my first business. And our goal with this partnership is to leverage our resources to help inspire women all over the world to follow their dreams. So this nationwide contest, Pitch Your Beers, runs from June the 1st to June the 30th, and contestants will be able to pitch their ideas during this time. From there, contestants selected to move forwards will then take part in a virtual event on october the 23rd where they will be able to present their ideas again directly to the role models who will serve as the judges so stay tuned for the latest updates on this partnership and make sure you check out bossford.com forward slash al as we announce updates giveaways and an opportunity to work with us so stay tuned for the rest of the series to hear from this distinguished panel of ambassadors including janice byron horroyd rebecca minkoff baba canalis Beatrice Dixon and our CEO and co-founder Natalie Ellis.